0: Hey guys, so I haven't posted a video for a while cause I've been traveling the past couple of weeks and it was just very hard to film anything on the road. But I put out a couple of articles and uh, I got a lot of questions on them. So a bunch of uh, questions uh, accumulating. I'm trying to go through them as fast as possible today. Okay, so I put out an article, uh, basically it was a brief analysis of the osmosis uh, protocol. Which is a DEX chain in the Cosmos ecosystem. So, uh, a lot of people are interested in osmosis because um, this is, uh, you know, it's a it's a cross chain swap, and uh, you know, cross chain interoperability protocols is a hot thing right now. And also, Cosmos ecosystem has also seen quite a bit of growth. Well, not right now, but you know, since the beginning of this year, I would say you know, from January to March, it, it, it saw quite a bit of growth in TVL and so on. So people are interested in this, and basically, the point I'm trying to make in the article is, and by the way, I do not hold any Cosmo uh, uh, Osmosis token right now. Though, um, you know, price has dropped since I put out the article, and right now I think it's um, five dollars or something so um i i am feeling tempted to to get some tokens uh osmosis tokens so it, it may be a possibility in the future but right now i do not hold any osmo token okay just so you know so basically the point i'm trying to make in the article is that um first of all dex is a very tough business so your your typical you know uh automatic market makers that amm so uh you know um DeFi as a swaps applications, um, they are very tough because the entry barrier is very low and the code is copy pu- it can be copy and pasted pretty easily. And uh, you know, it, it doesn't. It has a very low cost for, for, for someone else to to set up a DEX and compete with you. Um, so there is a very little defendability in the tech and in the market structure of of this industry. So that's why um, my conclusion is for the most part, if you see that uh, most of these DEXs are counted as part of the key infrastructure of a layer one chain, and uh, whatever growth the DEX provides, whatever service it provides, it actually adds most value to the underlying layer one chain or layer two chain um, itself instead of being accrued to the DEX. So this this is something I'm going to talk more um, in in a few minutes. Okay. so but that is the premise is like in general, if I have to, um, you know, if you ask me, okay, just invest in maybe like top three things, if I can invest in in just a, you know, less than a handful of things, I would not invest in the DEX. So that would be my baseline. But if you look at, uh, you know, Osmosis, uh, the situation is a little bit uh, uh different I would say because first one uh, is as we mentioned it's it's a cross-chain swap. So it's uh actually uh you know serves the entire Cosmos ecosystem which is expanding into I think right now active chains are 20 plus there are 20 plus active chains and it's uh, also you know quickly expanding into more new chains. And uh, it serves a crucial function in this ecosystem, which is to give these, uh, you know, all the Cosmos ecosystem tokens instant liquidity for people to be able to trade those tokens. So that is a huge value add, but then, you know, the same thing you can, you know, w- w- what you can say about most decks, you can also say about Osmosis is where exactly this value accrues, right? So again, we get into more of that um, in a minute. But and and also that you know the team is solid, and uh, and they have been you know uh, product iteration and innovation has been pretty fast, so it, it's definitely a solid product. I definitely really enjoy using the product. Um, uh, but 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 you do see that uh, th- there uh, can be a lot of uh, you know uh, competition coming up, even in the cross chain tech space, um, not just in the Cosmos ecosystem, but in other. Other chains, other ecosystems as well. So, um, so, 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 my general conclusion is: this is a solid project, uh, but in the industry, that is very hard to accumulate emote. But if you really do want to um, invest in the Dex uh, subsector in DeFi, um, I would say this this uh, could be a solid choice. So that's my um, basic uh, conclusion in the article. So let's look at some questions. Okay, a lot of these questions about tokenomics, uh, you know, about token emission schedules, and uh, so I will, I will, you know, just use this opportunity to not just talk about osmosis. I, would, I, would, I will would talk about you know just token tokenomics of of uh, um, some of the, some of the general DeFi apps in in general, uh, because there are some common patterns that you can see that that is applicable across uh, a lot of different projects, okay? So first question from DeFi King, he says, this threat is flawed because it leaves out major dilution risk of Osmo token being highly inflationary. A single LP exponentially increases asset sell pressure as already and already downtrending Emission schedule means price will keep decreasing as uh, increase in TVL is less than cell pressure plus inflation. Okay, so basically he's just saying token emission (laughs) is too high, right? So now, first of all, um, I would like to, you know, just clarify some terminology. Because when people say token inflation, um, what they are saying really is... uh, the token, new token emission. And, you know, if, if we use, uh, you know, in the currency term, that would be the supply in base money growth. Okay, so the money supply growth is a different thing than inflation. It's not, it, the two does not correspond one to one. Okay, so if you have the U.S. dollar um, money supply, if the U.S. money supply increased by 5%, like U.S. base money, you know um increase uh by 5%. It does not mean that inflation will increase by, by 5%. Most likely it will be less. And the reason is because um well an, a, the, a a very fundamental reason is because the economy is growing, right? So uh if the economy is growing 5%, meaning there there there, there is uh, presumably approximately 5% increase in the transaction needs of of uh, using this, uh, using US dollar, right? And your money supply growth increased 5% as well, then you could have, uh, you know, no inflation in terms of uh, the goods and services that are being priced in US dollar. So I, I think people kind of, uh, in the crypto world, people kind of use these two words, uh, inter interchangeable, but in fact, these are two different things. So you cannot say Osmo um, inflation is the same thing as Osmo token supply. So I would just use Osmo token supply. Okay. Because inflation is also related to how much um, your protocol is growing. So, uh, but, 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 you know, the fundamental issue is is the token supply emission rate being too high. So I can tell you right now, the token supply growth is about 85% a year. Okay, it sounds really, really high. Um, personally, personally, so so when people see when people hear that 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 higher, you know, uh, token supply growth, um, people freaked out, right? So then you hear people say, Okay, this is a Ponzi, so on and so forth. This is money grab, it's, you know, um, To me personally, I am neutral (laughs) about the um, token supply growth rate, as long as it it really depends on the context that we are talking about, right? And to me, it depends on whether this is something sustainable. It depends a lot on um, the growth of the protocol itself. It depends on the protocol as a business, how fast it's growing and how sustainable it's growing, right? Uh, and also some other prior, uh, parameters as well. So, but you see, typically, you know, when is this is especially I think prevalent in prevalent practice in DeFi is when you have a new AMN, or borrowing lending protocol, uh, some you know new LP pools, new staking pool, uh, you know uh, mechanisms when they're just initially being set up. Typically, you see the APR rate being very, very high, right? You you even see it like it being like a thousand percent, something like ridiculous sounding like that, right? But it's being counted in the project's native token, right? So in this case, it's the Osmo token. Now, is this good or bad? Um, well, first of all, the the reason that people do this, right? The reason people do this, why, why, why give such a, um, a you know large AP, or, uh, APY or APR, while at the same time you know that APR, where does that come from? It comes from new token emission, right? So like you know, like I just mentioned, the annual token supply growth of Osmo is about eight percent right now. So half of it, you know, about half of it, a little bit less than half of it is being used to reward the liquidity pool, um, you know, uh, providers, right? So those, those APR rate is uh, pretty high in double digits. Um, and, uh, it's being rewarded, uh, with the Osmo token. So why do people do that? Because, you know, uh, you, 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 you can say these, these tokens could be, you know, what's the basis of the value of these tokens, right? Uh, so. But, the, you know, you, you, can, you can say the same about economic policies of, of countries. So increasing money supply to stimulate economic activities is a tried and true practice of countries' monetary policies. And the reason it works is based on some assumptions. And these assumptions, a lot of times, it, it, they are true. And one of the major assumptions is price stickiness. So if I increase tokens, if I increase like U.S. dollar money supply, and let's say I, you know, I central bank or government airdrop some U.S. dollars into your bank account, right? Um, Which they did during COVID. They did a lot of it, right? Um, But there are other, you know, indirect mechanisms through, through the banking system. But let's say, just say, you increase the money supply, and you airdrop the token to people's wallet, so people can use that cash to buy stuff, right? that would stimulate economic activities as long as the prices in your economy has some degree of stickiness so that the increased money supply does not immediately translate to higher prices so that you know the purchasing powers of uh, of people does not change at all so if i got five dollars of airdrop us dollar into my bank account while the grocery store increased the you know Uh, their prices by a uh, equivalent amount, then I'm not better off, right? So there's, then in that case, there's no stimulative stimulative, um, activities going on. But if I get $5 of uh, airdrop, while the um, grocery prices only increases a little bit, at least, uh, well, if in the short term, it increases just a little bit, or even there's no increase, then I'm better off, right? I, I suddenly become richer, and in that case, I would go out and spend more. So that is the way. That's why this 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 uh, this kind of measure actually works in the short term, because you have some degree of price stickiness. That's a very important assumption for, very important uh, you know uh, uh, you know base for for this kind of mechanism to work, right? So of course it, it works in the short term. It does not work forever, right? Eventually, the prices will catch up to whatever. Money supply increase that 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 you put out, but in the short term, if you want to like, you know stimulate the economy out of the recession, so on and so forth, that's what countries do, and a lot of times that works. Okay, so there is a similar, it's not an identical idea, but it's a similar idea that is being applied here. So if you give people, uh, I don't know, three hundred percent of APR that is uh being but but it's a uh, it's being paid in your project's token, right? So as long as your project <laughs> token exchange rate vis- uh, vis-a-vis US dollars does not drop by the equivalent amount, right? It, it it as long as it does not drop by like 200% overnight <laughs> because you're giving out a 200% APR. As long as that doesn't happen, as long as the uh, you know the, the price is, you know impact is less than the APR you are given, in other words, some kind of stickiness of exchange rate, right? It, you know, or token price, uh, then then this will stimulate economic activities in your application, right? Because it makes uh, whoever that is uh, earning um, income in your token uh, to be richer sometimes they just, sometimes it's an illusion, right? Sometimes uh, you you really, there's no better off uh, when you are just earning these tokens that do not amount to much in value. But a lot of times you do actually, um, you you actually do have a, um, you know, real income effect because of the stickiness of the exchange rate. Now you can say, "Well, well, why stickiness, why the exchange rate is so sticky? Well, there are other, There are a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons is for for DeFi applications or any kind of applications, you can say, well, one of the reasons is because there is, um, the protocol itself is growing, right? So if you actually have real adoption, you actually have some degree of network effect. So your project is growing, you have more users, you got more adoption, you have more eyeballs on you. It creates a support to your price, right? So even if you give out 200% APY or your token supply increase uh, 200% a year, it does not immediately lead to automatically lead to 200% drop in your token price. So um, if you do, if you manage these things right, this can be a great mechanism for you to bootstrap your growth of your DeFi app, right? So if you have some degree of uh, uh, token inflate, uh, like a token supply growth, even if it's pretty high, but you know, you have some degree of price stickiness of your token because your protocol is growing. And uh, let's assume that protocol growth is uh, sustainable, <laughs> which is a huge assumption, right? But but in at the end of the day, you know, you it, it, you, you probably come out all right, because you have successfully bootstrap your growth essentially with this uh, highly inflationary token emission. Okay. So that all that long-winded explanation, how does that relate to osmosis? <laughs> so if you but so 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 the same logic applies here, right? So if you look at um the token supply growth, it's 85% okay a year. But you know uh, TVL growth is also increasing pretty fast in the past three months. Maybe not in April. Okay, uh, it's 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 died down a bit. So um, so 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 so. But 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 in general, I would say if your protocol is growing and you and you are constantly pushing out new features and new products, and your user base in general is growing, this could lead to a sustainable. Um, sustainable regime, it all, I think the, the most crucial key element here is the quality of, of the business, of the underlying business, um, it, 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 whether that business is sustainable or not. If that business is sustainable, if the product is growing, I do not see anything negative about a high token emission, emission schedule at the beginning to bootstrap growth. So uh, if we look at, so, but, uh, and also, uh, here's the thing. If you have a very high um, token emission, um, you, you're, and, and, and if you as an investor, you just buy and hold the token, then obviously you are losing your, 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 your stake uh, as a share of the total token supply of the protocol is constantly decreasing over time. Um, and the faster the token supply growth, the faster your share drops, right? So, um, but, but that's also, you know, protocols do this for a reason, because they want to encourage you to actually use and participate in the application. So if you do not want your share in your, uh, your protocol share to, to, to drop, then you either stake the token, um or you, you participate in liquidity pools that will earn you an APY denominated in the native token. So at the end of the day, your share, um, your, you know, uh, your, your, uh, the portion of your token holdings as a share of total uh, token supply of the protocol may now drop. So in this case, I think right now, if you stake the Osmo token, the return is uh, the APR is about 60% a year. So if you count token supply growth is 85%, a staking return is 80%. That means if your pro, if the protocol growth I would say it's about 25% a year, which is not a crazy number, you know, uh given it's it's so so early and it's a solid project and the whole uh, Osmos eco um, you know Cosmos ecosystem is also growing. 25% of a protocol growth a year is not a crazy number, okay? So if the protocol grows, as long as the protocol growth is higher than 25% and assuming the price actually reflect that, right, so reflect that growth. So at the end of the day, you know, in a year from now, you are, you know, certainly not worse off compared to where where you are today. Okay. Now, however, if you do not stake, if you do not participate in any LPs, you're just uh, um, basically short-term speculating. Then, obviously, every day you're losing—you know—in you, in real terms, you're 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 losing your share, um, you know, as percentage of the total uh, protocol uh, token supply because the token supply rate is uh, very high. From the protocol point of view, this is quite a reasonable choice because they want to encourage people to actually stake, to actually uh, participate in, you know. Um, in 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 uh, delegated validation and um and and also to participate in LPs because that's that's where that's the actual adoption right so I would say on balance I'm not too concerned about this token emissions schedule is this a um, is this a genius perfect um, token emission supply plan no. <laughs> But does that take away from you know my baseline assessment about this uh, protocol? I don't think so. I think this is quite. Uh, I think this is still reasonable. Okay. So um, that's uh, that's question number one. Oh my God, twenty twenty. That's twenty minutes just for this one question. But I, but I hope we we also talked about some of the you know general DeFi um, you know tokenomics um, problems. So the next question from uh, Blogfend, uh, why haven't you talked about thirdening and its and the impact it might have on the ecosystem? Okay, so this thirdening, <laughs> um, so for 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 those of you who are not familiar, so basically, uh, the osmos osmosis uh, token emission is going to drop by a third in every year. So let's say in the first year, which is right now, right? Because the project started in June. June, July last year. So we are in year one. So let's say the year one token emission is uh, 90 tokens per day. OK, and next year it will drop by a third. In so in the second year, it will be just it will be 60 tokens per day. And in the third year, it will drop by a third again. So it will be what uh, 40 tokens per day. So. So that's what they call thirdening So it's like a similar to you know uh, blockchain. Uh, no, the Bitcoin halving, right? Every four years, but in this case, it's like every year, it's uh, um, token emission drop by a third. So um, I, I, I think maybe you're thinking, okay, does this would this have a similar effect as Bitcoin? Because uh, you know Bitcoin halving is such a huge meme, and everybody was like, okay, um, when when the halving schedule you know when 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 the token emission is halved uh for bitcoin it always leads to kind of a up, upward trend cycle of uh of bitcoin prices so in this case i'm not so sure because um because this is, this is the different type of asset okay compared to bitcoin bitcoin is really you know it, it sits in your wallet doesn't do anything it does not depend on any you know, economic use cases or any applications to build on Bitcoin for it to have a positive price, right? Because it's uh, just a, a store value asset. It's not like an economic, uh, uh, it's, it's not like a smart contract platform or, or you know, a economic ecosystem that, that creates positive value. So um, in that case, that value calculation, supply and demand side is, uh, I would say, simpler compared to a token uh, in DeFi space, because really I think the token price is a lot driven, a lot more driven by the adoption um, of the protocol itself. So I-, I think that will be the biggest factor is uh, how sustainable and how fast the protocol adoption is growing user, in terms of users and TVLs. Um, so this kind of third <laughs> I would say it's it, it. I certainly don't see a negative price impact, right? But how much of the uh, how much of a positive price impact this will be um, because it's a you know programmed uh, drop in in supply in token supply emission. How but how much a positive impact this will be on prices? I I I can't say I don't know. Okay, but it's certainly not a negative impact. Okay, next one from Nicole. Uh, Question: Do you see SFS as a moat, and the ability for Osmosis to add multiple features as a application-specific blockchain? So, SFS is the superfluid uh, staking. So basically, um, Osmos uh, Osmosis has this uh, relatively new feature that allows you to um, to, to 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 stake uh, some of the uh, tokens in the Osmosis. Uh, in the Cosmos ecosystem, for example, the Atom token, um, without having to have the lockup period, right? So basically, um, you can think of this as a over-the-counter exchange for locked tokens. So between locked token and unlocked token. So, um, so, so, is this is this a mode? Uh, in other words, is this a some kind of defendable competitive advantage over the long term i would say n- no feature no tech feature in itself is a moat because this is not some kind of uh, this is not rocket science i mean build a feature for 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 this kind of liquid staking is not rocket science and you know a lot of other protocols have done it so in terms of tech this is not a moat and the same can be said about most of other DeFi features what could be a mode is that if the state if the liquidity pool for you know liquid staking um and and exchanges of uh, of stake tokens if that liquidity tool, a pool attracts a lot of liquidity and it's kind of sticky liquidity meaning you can always uh, Meaning it's it's a uh, it's not like a being being uh, attracted away by by other APYs uh, in some other protocols, which also tend to happen, you know, a lot in DeFi. So if you have uh, you know sufficient liquidity, so that the the this um the exchange slippage is uh, is is low is is low compared to other competitors because your liquidity pool is bigger, then. I I think that is, that would be a moat. Okay. So, um, in other words, so, so the, the liquid staking, in order to have that kind of liquidity, you, you need to incur some slippage. Okay. So, um, basically you need to pay a higher fee to whoever who's uh, willing to take, take your stake token from you in exchange for the liquid token. Right. So, um, so 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 in that sense it's more expensive compared to your traditional staking where you stake you stake the atom token and uh, after i think something like uh, 28 days of unstaking period you can take it out without much of a loss right so the slippage there is a slippage but the slippage would depend on also depend on how big your pool is right for this uh, kind of uh, liquid uh uh liquid uh, stake token exchange so if you have a big enough tool, but also this is a pl- applicable for you know AMS in general right so that liquidity in in, in itself is, is a moat um, if you can build something um, if you are sufficiently early on uh, to this feature in, in building this feature on this specific ecosystem and you manage to attract a um, sizable liquidity pool for this feature and that is not being you know, attracted away by other protocols, um, then you are able to offer less slippage and that could be a sustainable mode, okay? But the token, the feature itself is not. Um, but ultimately, I would say, I think the biggest moat uh, in DeFi, it really depends on the team. I, I think that's the most important thing is because the defendability of any feature is so low, I... I would say the biggest hope, you know, for for any uh, DeFi protocols is to continue innovating and continue building new features. And hopefully, you know, you get to a stage where you create some kind of network effect because you have so many, you know, different features that interact with each other. So when users are on your platform, they do not need to leave to go do something else, right, in order to use uh, to, to, to use another feature. like, you know, Amazon, if I'm on Amazon website, I can watch movies. I can buy, uh, you know, groceries. I I can uh, do a bunch of things. I really it takes care of uh, a huge percentage of your daily, you know, um, routine uh, purchasing needs. So in that case, it's a platform that that's very, very sticky, right? Because you don't you don't you don't need to go uh, elsewhere to get that benefit of, uh, you know, low cost purchases. So it's a, it's a kind of similar idea here. I I, I would say for a platform like Osmosis really the uh the most promising the the highest potential would be, you know, you need to keep swimming, keep innovating. You just cannot stop. And uh to to to, you know, someday you build enough of a network effect where you becomes this uh, super defi hub that users just you know st- i can just stay on osmosis and you know do all the kind of do lending borrow do you know token swaps do staking do whatever uh and i'm happy about it so i don't have to leave and go to other protocols so i i think that would be that's the real moat is uh, to you know continue the innovation to build that kind of uh, uh network effect right now it's um still pretty far away from that okay um Next question, Shivaji, what is the market, (laughs) what is the market cap of osmosis? Come on, um, guys, um, if, okay, if you have the time to write this question, you might as well look it up in CoinMarketCap or, or in, in, um, in CoinGecko, okay? So, I'm not gonna answer this, because this is, uh, (laughs) <laughs> this is something you can do like it it does not take even 5 seconds to to check it out. Okay. Um try to get your hands dirty to get information as much as possible. Um Okay, next question from Galactic Royalty. Um I think uh, the t- the key differentiator of osmosis is that it is its own L1, which allows it to have a premium price because it accrues value for its own chain. Most AMMs and DAXs these days accrue value for the underlying chain, but this isn't the case here. Okay, so <laughs> I'm not so sure. So so, so you see, uh, yes, Osmosis is its own chain, but where the, token accru- where the, the value accrual in the ecosystem, It's, it's, it's not, it's not being automatically determined by whether you are your own chain or not. The reason that I know at the beginning, I said most of the DEXs, the value accrual end up being on the underlying L1 that they serve, right? But that is not because those DEXs don't have their own chain. It, that's not the right way to think about it okay a better way to think about it if you want to if you want to see if you want to predict where most value will accrue in a ecosystem you want to look at first of all who would be the first who would be the biggest beneficiary if you have this uh, application if you have this uh, thing that the ecosystem didn't have before right so if you if the ecosystem has a dex, before it doesn't have a dex then this is really like a crucial piece of infrastructure it's like in a you know real estate community it used to be no school now you suddenly have a school now because there is a school now you have you attract more parents with children to to locate to 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 buy real estate in in your community right so, so it really the biggest beneficiary is that real estate community itself is not necessarily the school itself. So I hope that's a um, understandable analogy. So in this case, when you have a DAX in an L1, the L1 is really the biggest beneficiary because this is a key infrastructure to unlock some of the growth potential of the L1, right? So that's number one, you look at who is the biggest beneficiary of this uh, of this application. And number two, you, you want to look at which part of the ecosystem is the least replaceable. So like a, a, a DAX, we already talked about, code is copy pasta. You can easily spin up another DAX with minimum cost. You can offer some initial high APY to attract liquidities from existing DEXs. So this playbook has been played out over and over and over again. Okay. So the DEXs are at least you compared to the L1 itself, the DEXs are way more replaceable compared to the L1 itself. Okay. So all that value added could be competed away on the DEX layer, but all of them will actually serve to make the ecosystem of the underlying L1 better. So that is the reason why, you know, most of the DEXs, they va- their value accrual is actually, uh, you know, accruing to the underlying L1. Now, it, it's not because those DEXs are not a chain themselves. Okay, so if you look at osmosis, um, you know, it it yes, it's its own chain, but it does not serve itself. Okay, it really serves the entire cosmos ecosystem. You can, you can say cosmos is like a layer zero, <laughs> right? So it's an ecosystem where this um this uh, this dex um serves. So I would say it it really it benefits all the L ones and l2s in the cosmos ecosystem because it gives their token liquidity right a a place for people to trade those l1 tokens and the project tokens that are built on those l1s so i would say that is the biggest those will be the biggest beneficiary of the existence of uh, of osmosis okay not necessarily osmosis itself um being its own chain or not its own chain—it's really more of a technicality, all right. You have to look at this from, I—I I think uh, the the two points that that we just discussed. So, um, but but this person—he mentioned the other thing. Another thing, though, it says it's it has its underlying chain. It it may have more, may give it more flexibility to build new tokens on top of osmosis. I think this part is true. That is the benefit of having your own chain is you have more space to actually innovate. Okay. So I think that is, that, uh, that is a benefit of, of uh, being your own chain. Um, yeah. So, so, so I would, I would, uh, look at this, uh, from those, both those perspectives, but it's not like uh being your own chain in itself is, uh, is somehow a advantage unless you actually take advantage of it okay basically um next question crypto crunch so basically stick to investing in l1s because it's too hard to pick winners inside each l1 dust needs to settle on the top four l1s over the next two years okay so basically I actually agree to. I actually agreed with this person to a large extent, and I think I've, I've talked about this for multiple times. I, I think uh, you know the top tier, alternative layer one chains tokens, are some of the best reward to risk ratios that you can find in crypto, because those are about you know diversified ecosystems that they have um, in the process. They're in the process of uh, you know building their own network, effect. Um, but they are big enough um, to have relatively contained volatility compared to a single you know DeFi application built on you know um, built on one of those chains. Uh, there, but but there you you have to look at this case by case though, which. Um, it, we we will talk about it, uh, you know, some some of the specific chains. But if you look at, it, you know, Cosmos per se, per se for example, um, the Cosmos is uh, sort of a layer layer zero, I would say, um, because it's really, you know, a lot of uh, L one chains like uh, Terra, for example, is using the Cosmos uh, SDK to to build their chains. But it does not have to use. Uh, it doesn't involve the Atom token, right? Um, so the atom token is it's only um, you you only use it for validation. You only need to st- stake the va- uh, the, the atom token as a validator if you are a validator for the Cosmos Hub, okay? Which is a um, which is a protocol that you know that does uh, handles the transfers uh, uh, you know uh, uh, across uh, different blockchains that uses that use the uh, Cosmos uh, uh, SDK, but 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 the thing is, you don't have to use Cosmos Hub to handle those cross-chain, um, you know, messaging or cross-chain interoperability. So 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 that's the thing, though. You don't have to use the Cosmos Hub. So that means even even though the Cosmos ecosystem as a whole, you have for like uh, all those uh, L ones that are using Cosmos that you know um, uh, 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 inter-blockchain communication protocol, um, to, to be able to, you know, interoperate interoperate inter with each other in some way, but you do not have to necessarily go through Cosmos Hub, and the ATOM token is only used to validate Cosmos Hub, okay, so, um, so, so that's sort of a special case, so that, that really limits, limits the growth of, of ATOM token, in, in itself, even even if the ecosystem is continuing to grow, okay. So that that is uh, some some reservation I have about you know atom um, slash cosmos, um, um, you know, in terms of just the tokenomics. Um, but I, I'm I'm optimistic about the ecosystem. I think it's you know gonna continue to grow, but whether that will that value will accrue to atom token, that is a totally different question. Because each of the also it's because each of the L ones that are in the Cosmos ecosystem or use the IBC, is uh, they have their own ecosystem, right? You you do not have to involve uh, Atom in, in in you know in 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 a lot of ways in those uh those L ones. So um, next question, Michael R. What seems to be missing from this analysis is any sort of discussion of what the Osmo token has to do with the success or failure of Osmosis. Um, in this case, it actually does because Osmosis is its own chain. So, you know, you you if you wanna be a validator on Osmosis, uh, you have to stake the Osmo token. And also it's, it's a used, uh, you know, the transaction fees, uh, token swaps and staking and, um, you know, whatnot, not all the other new features? Um, and when you pay some sort of transaction fee, it, you are paid that that is being paid uh, in Osmo token. So in that sense, this is not this is actually not one of those useless governance tokens. Okay, so it's actually has has some has some uh, utilities. Um, next question from detail tail risk. Um. Great threat, but there's no moat in these protocols. Relatively easy for someone to spin up a competitor, right? Well, like we already talked about, right? This is the thing about DeFi is the moat in DeFi is very hard to build because it's a very, indeed, very easy to spin up another uh, AMM or something like that. So if you, if you're expecting some kind of attack advantage to be defendable in DeFi, I would say that that would be very far fetching at this point. But what you, what, what the, what the actual mode comes from is number one, your liquidity, right? So if you have a better liquidity than other DeFi protocols, uh, you can offer less slippage in transactions, you know, better prices for people who are using a protocols, then that is a moat. Um, and, uh, and 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 if you keep innovating, you keep, uh, you know, pushing out new product features and people actually love using your product. And at some point you build some kind of network effect as a DeFi hub. I would say those, those would be the potential sources of a moat. But most of the DeFi apps would just be, you know, just a, 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 a chess piece that is serving the underlying L1 or L2. Uh, okay. Next question from Jake. I would love to hear your thoughts on Terra <laughs> and the Anchor protocol. Is it a Ponzi scheme, or is it a birth of a giant platform against Ethereum? <laughs> no one knows, but I'm curious um, about your opinion on this. Okay, uh, what I'm going to say, I think are going to offend a lot of uh, um, Terra bulls, but you know, since you asked my opinion, I'm not saying I'm right, I'm just, you know, I'm being asked my opinion, so I'm giving my opinion, okay? Um, <laughs> So um if you look at the so so you you see the market cap of UST which is the stable coin in in the Terra ecosystem right the algorithmic stable coin the market cap has been growing really really fast and when you create uh, UST you have to burn luna tokens and that is a huge driver of the to- of the of the luna um token price as well but you look at where those UST go where do they go um, over seventy percent of the UST are locked in the anchor protocol, earning um, you know close to twenty percent of APR. <laughs> okay, um, so 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 that's where that's where um, those uh, a, a, a huge portion of those UST is being parked. It's not like uh, it's not like a UST is actually. Uh, a prevalent, uh, um, you know, stable coin, um, unlike like uh, unlike Tether or USDT, uh, USDC, um, the adoption, the actual adoption of UST is much much lower than than those um, than those other stable coins that I mentioned. So um, and if you look at Anchor, the the loan to deposit ratio in Anchor is a little bit over twenty percent right now so that means you know about 20 percent of those deposits in anchor are being landed out to to earn a um to earn a fee earn a revenue for anchor compared to the typical so so you you compare anchor to a typical bank bank has the same you know similar business model you lend money you 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 borrow money from depositors and you lend them out lend them out you 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 capture the interest rate uh, differential that is your profit right that that is the bare minimum business model for banks so you know the uh, the anchor is very similar right but you look at typical banks loan to deposit ratio is about 60% to 80% okay so up to 80% of your deposits in a bank are being landed out that are generating a revenue for the bank. Okay. So 20% of loan to deposit ratio is really, really low. So, so, so apparently, so what, what this, uh, what this seems to me, what it's saying is we have a demand problem for lending. <laughs> we do not have enough demand for UST in terms of lending in for for if we if we just look at anchor, the anchor project per se, okay. And on top of that, if you look at the interest rates, that are being charged in anchor. So the lending rate is about 5%. It's a little bit over 5%. Okay. So if you pay if you borrow money from anchor, you pay on net 5% back interest rate, because you also have, they also give you some incentives, um, you know, so basically they pay you to, to, to borrow money. <laughs> so, um, but but the, on the net term, you pay about 5% interest rate, while your deposit rate that Anchor is paying for people to deposit money is close to 20%. Okay, so you basically have a extremely negative profit margin for Anchor right now. So you can literally, if you have some collaterals, <laughs> you have some token collaterals, you literally, you can borrow, uh, you know, you can bo- you can borrow a stable, like a UST from Anchor, and you deposit it back, back into Anchor, and you make about 14%, 14% of interest income that is, uh, you know, extremely low risk, <laughs> right? So So, <laughs> I would say that this kind of, uh, you know, even, so that tells you, even that, um, you know, loan-to-deposit ratio, about 20%, that, that loans, those loans, even those existing loans, that demand is probably, possibly quite artificial, right? Because you can literally, you can, you can take out a loan and just do nothing with it and, oh no by do, by me do nothing i mean just deposit it back to anchor and you just earn a guaranteed revenue okay so that loan demand is quite artificial but even given that you you only get the 20% loan to deposit ratio so um that tells you i hope in if this is not already clear <laughs> i hope this is already clear and after you look at these numbers this at this current stage at this current uh, configuration, you look at these parameters, this is not a sustainable, sustainable business by itself Okay. So is that a problem? <laughs> it could be a problem. It could not be a problem. Depends on how you look at this. Okay. So first of all, it is a common practice for startups to sponsor its users. Right, subsidizing users to gain adoption is kind of a standard practice when um, you know network type of uh, start- startups they want to gain traction. A very typical example is you know PayPal, right? So when PayPal just started, nobody's using it, and PayPal is was literally giving people money to use PayPal to send money, right? So it was it was subsidizing its uh, early adopters um to 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 a large extent now it apparently it worked for paypal right so you can argue can it work for anchor for terra here is the saying though if you want to subsidize user that's all well and good but you better know what you are getting out of it okay so for paypal yes it subsidizes its user but its specific goal is to gain a kind of network effect because when you are you know the for paypal it's a payment uh, it's a payment transaction app right so for the network comes from as many people using paypal as possible so for me to uh, want to send money to you if you also use paypal and i use paypal too then it's a very easy process right but if i use paypal and you do not use paypal then you know i cannot send it to you okay so that's why the, the the platform wants to get as many people using PayPal as possible so that to make this transaction very, very easy to, to you know, um, transfer money, um, you know, across all the PayPal users. So that when you have a sufficient number of people all using this network, then you have the so-called network effect, right? So basically the cost of um, using this network, using this platform will decrease exponentially as the number of user grows, Now, do you have this n- kind of network effect for anchor? I don't know. I right now I do not see it. Why? Because what, what, what is the network effect being built here? I deposit money, and I get 20% of interest rate in return. Okay, fine. I will keep doing that as long as you keep giving me 20%. But the thing is, since this thing is not sustainable, eventually it's going to drop right <laughs> while if 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 the only reason i'm using this application is, is to get that 20% any other application that offers me a 20% yield or even if not 20% but have some other perks i i can very easily bail you know, I this uh, this the stickiness of this user base is very very low, and and also there's not there is no apparent network effect that is uh, that is uh, you know being created here. So yeah, so 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 I just don't I just don't see what exactly Anchor is getting by subsidizing user by this much. Okay, you can check out online, you know how much the protocol is spending. Every month, from its reserves to subsidize users. Um, okay, so that is Anchor, but then if you but, but Terra is you can say Terra is uh, is, uh, is much bigger than Anchor, right? Um, well, it depends on how you look at it. If you just look at the TVL, Anchor is about seventy percent of total Terra TVL. If you take out um, Lido, which is just a staking Terra, you know token but it's not really a um, active uh, application layer on, on, on Terra. Okay. So um, Anchor dominance is about 75%. So if you take out Anchor, the TVL will be around $5 billion right now, which in the same similar range as Solana, Polygon, Phantom. Okay. So, but you look at the Terra's market cap it is uh, much bigger than at least, uh, you know, Polygon and Phantom. Um, you 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 can say well, Solana's market cap is bigger, but keep in mind Solana is a much more diversified um, platform. It's not just DeFi. DeFi is just a you know, not a very big. Well, it's a decent decent sized part of Solana, but Solana has has uh, many other applications built on top. So it's a much more diversified uh, ecosystem compared to Terra. Um, so 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 basically, you know the the hope to grow out of this uh <laughs> to grow out of this uh, current ponzi scheme so yes right now it is a ponzi scheme um again this is my opinion you don't have to agree but you know i was asked about my opinion so that's my opinion um so it it needs a <laughs> if it wants to be more sustainable we need more use cases for luna and for ust okay and 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 you can argue those use cases are being built out and terra uh, UST is the de facto, de facto stablecoin of the Cosmos ecosystem right now and Cosmos ecosystem is growing and also you know um, Terra is uh, you know UST is uh, being extended into other layer one like Avalanche as well so you can say yes those use cases are indeed growing but it's a matter of how fast they're growing right um, can you really because you you're subsidized user to to in a sense buy buy you time to actually bootstrap some real adoption right so um does it buy you enough time to 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 actually gain enough adoption so that um, um you you can be a sustainable ecosystem in the long term? I do not know the answer <laughs> okay um and and but 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 what what i do see right now is uh, you have more and more chains trying to play the game of uh, terra right because everybody saw the huge price increase of terra and the uh, anchor protocol very very popular so you you start to see other ecosystems like near you know another like a layer 1 chain it wants to build its own Al- algo stable coin with similar concept to Terra and you also see Tron I think it's another uh, recently come out to say like uh, they're gonna have their own you know algo stable coin so you you have more chains basically pushing for their own stable coins now okay Wh- which means in the future how, to what extent Terra can push UST into other ecosystems that is a question mark all right so all in all to me if you ask me, among the, uh, you know, you, last year, later last, um, you know, to the second half of last year, so Luna Vax became a huge meme because uh, that was, those were the three top alternative layer ones that had a huge growth in 2021. I would say if you look at Soluna Vax, Solana, Luna, Avax, a- a- Avalanche, I would say t- the Luna Terra is the most risky one among the three. Uh, so um, I f- I feel a lot better about Avalanche and Solana because those are to me those are what 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 a layer one change should be should look like basically a diversified ecosystem um, not being do- not not with like a one protocol one or two protocol being dominating but it diversified the ecosystem with, uh, you know, multiple layers of applications that, in, you know, interact with, with one another. So it's like, uh, you know, a country in the metaverse and uh, a economic ecosystem that is being built out. So I, I feel a lot better about those two, uh, to be honest, compared to Terra. Um, but again, that is my personal view. You don't have to agree. Um, but just for your reference, okay? So um, that's all for today. I will talk to you next time.